Hey, this is Brian Lee from Tesla, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 312 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got a good one because we've got Brian Wheat of Tesla joining us. Tesla member number two. That's right. And actually the fourth appearance. Because True. Frank's been on here three times. Right, right. Um, so if you're a works. Tesla fan and you're here for the first time, you've got at least three other episodes you need to check out. And we've got a ton of other ones you probably can too, but we'll get to that later. Of course. But yes, coming up, Brian Wheat of Tesla has a brand new autobiography that just came out about a month ago. And he's here to talk about that. We're going to play some music. We're going to talk about some other things. But first, we need to let you know who we're sponsored by. And that would be Hella Hot Hot Sauce. A hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check everything out on their website at hellahothotsauce.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well, which is also Hella Hot Hot Sauce. If you're on the West Coast, they sell them in a lot of stores out there. So get on the website to find out where you can buy the stuff. And if you're anywhere else, you can order it right there online as well. We've had some. We've had some of the Florida Franks Florida Heat. And it is hot as hell, but it is flavorful. We definitely... Need to let you know that if you're sensitive to heat, this might not be for you. But if you like some hot sauce, I promise you, you'll love the hot sauces from Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Check them out online and tell them we sent you. DEB Concerts, a promoter based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They brought a ton of great shows to the downtown Tulsa area. Stuff like Saxon, Last in Line, Sebastian Bach, Warrant, Lita Ford. All kinds of great stuff. They also booked the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. And they've brought some great acts out there as well, such as Ace Freely and Slaughter. And we'll be talking about that once the announcement's made for Rocklahoma this coming September. But until then, we need to let you know that the show we've been talking about for a couple months on April 10th with Queensryche, Lita Ford, The Bullet Boys, and Nita Strauss has, of course, been postponed like everything else these days. And we got word from Doug to just mention that, hey, he keeps booking shows, but COVID keeps postponing them. So they'll keep trying, and eventually we'll get back to having shows. So follow debconcerts.com, or get on that website, debconcerts.com, and follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram so you can be kept up to date on any of these reschedules from that show and any of the previous ones that got postponed as well. And we'll, of course, keep you up to date here as well. Also, we've got Sunset Tattoo. Tattoo shop based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Midtown Tulsa. Give them a call or shoot them a message to set up a time that you can get in there to talk to Jake. Or one of his crew members there, one of his other tattoo artists to talk about what work you want to have done. They do great work. We know people personally that have had work done. And in fact, maybe here in an episode or two, you might get to hear from one of us about about that. You never know. You never know. But until then, get on Sunset Tattoo Tulsa Facebook page or at Sunset Tattoo on Instagram. You can see all the pictures of all their work. It's great. They do great work. Check out Sunset Tattoo Tulsa and tell them that we sent you. And finally, we've got Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 24683 is Highway 51. They're right off the highway. You can't miss them. 
All their selection, which is pretty large, is available to see right on leafly.com. <clears throat> if you shoot them a message via email or text or give them a call, you can place your order ahead of time. And all you have to do is drive right through their drive through quick and easy. They also have specials that they're always running on their social medias, so follow them on Facebook, MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, and Instagram is MedFarmOK, their website's MedFarmOK.com, and if you mention Thunder Underground, they give you 10% off your first order, which is great, and what is really great is 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. Can't stress that enough that that's a great reason to get over there to support them, because they're supporting animals that need help. Definitely worth your, your drive, because we know there's dispensaries all over the place, so there's a good reason to choose MedFarm. So get over there and tell them you heard about them here. All right, so you want to talk about Dead Daisies first? you want to play some music, or you want to talk about something else? Let me get two things I want to talk about out of the way okay. real quick. All right. Um, I think I texted you about this band. Oh, I don't know. A week or two ago, you and Jason, but the band Lowest Creature. Um, I don't remember that. Really? Well, I don't know. It Could was, have been. It was the group text, and like, and it was during my 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 vacation, <laughs> so there could have been um, some barley pops involved. <laughs> right? Maybe I didn't. But anyways, um, and this is just one of those like random, uh, you know, my Spotify daily mixes, you know, my thrash. Big four, whatever they put, you know, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You get the idea. And they put in this, uh, I start hearing this band, and I'm like, that's not, that's, this reminds me a lot like Power Trip. Okay. And I look, and it's this band called Lowest Creature. And I look them up, and they're from England. Um, and they have like two records out. Uh, and I just, I engulfed them immediately. Uh, hell, and the, what, what kind of brought me back to it today is I listened to both records today at work. Thrash-tastic, you know, if you, if you love, you know, like I said, it reminds me a lot of Power Trip, uh, has that, has that vibe, you know, if you love Munis, uh, Toxic Holocaust, um, you know, Slayer, Suicidal, just that kind of thrash stuff, Lowest Creature is the fucking shit. Okay. You gotta check them out. I might have heard them, because I heard a band a while back on Sirius... On liquid metal, that when it started, I'm like, is this a power trip song? I don't know. And then right. I just looked down and saw that it was some other band. And I just thought it was weird that this band sounded like power trip. And I thought, well, maybe power trip sounds like this band. Whoever well, like, huh. I dig the shit out of them. I'll definitely check them so out. So check them out. Everybody out there, check them out. Lowest creature. Um, also, and then the other thing I want to tell you about or ask you about is uh, lately in the press, you know, Rob Flynn has been. Well, today he, he put his, like, you know, he celebrated the third anniversary of Catharsis, or the fourth, came out in 2017, whatever, I think. Yeah. And, you know, he said, you know, this is this is maligned by a lot of people, even former band members. And then, you know, there's the whole thing. I listened to Phil Dimmel on Dean Del Rey today, and, you know, he, he kind of went into the Machine Head stuff at the beginning. Um, is that where the quote came from? <clears throat> yes, the quote. The bottom yeah. mouth quote about yeah. I, yeah. I don't need I don't yeah. ever need to talk to him. And then, and then, I, I don't know. I haven't seen his Instagram in forever, but you know, our phones fucking listen to us, and they know what we're doing. <laughs> um, so you know, all of a sudden, I I start seeing Phil Dimmel's Instagram, 
And he, on his Instagram stories, he has a whole 30 minute rundown of catharsis. Like what, you know, song by song, I guess, or something. I don't know. I didn't have time to watch it, but I'm just saying it's out there and I'm going to watch it. So is it like his response to whatever Rob Flynn said? Maybe. I don't know. It was, it was from last night because I saw the very beginning. He's like, all right, it's Tuesday night and we're here in the music room or whatever the shit. And it was like 26 minutes. I, I didn't have time at the at the moment this afternoon to watch it. I'm going to check that out. I, I'm interested to see what he thinks of it. Yeah. You know, because you know, we all know he didn't like it. So, you know, 30 minutes, I don't know if he's, you know, what he's going to do. So, <laughs> right. you know, what he's going to say. <laughs> so, anyways. And I always, you know, what, and I always thought that was a, just a weird record because I loved it so much. And I've always, always liked Machine Head, but like the records never really like, you know, they're good for a few listens, but I just kind of, oh, you know, right on. And you've been like such a huge Machine Head fan, right? And I think it kind of was, you know, opposite for us, Catharsis. I think I, I think it hit me a little more than it hit you, if I can remember. Yeah. So I just, you know, what, what do you think? Well, when it came out, I loved it. I think probably just because it was new. Yeah. And I'd listen to it a lot, but that's a good point because I listened to it all the way through not that long ago in the past few months and didn't hit me the same way it did before, Mm -hmm. the way some of their other albums do. And there's a few songs on there, like the title track, Catharsis. I freaking love that song and I can listen to that every day. Yeah. And there's other songs on there like Triple Beam that are cool. Yeah. But it's just kind of like there's so many songs well like Triple Beam for instance there's so many songs that are just kind of it's kind of all over the place because most of their albums kind of seem to what's a good word flow Mm -hmm. or have kind of a right a common style to it whereas this one kind of like well here's like a conglomeration of everything Machine Head's ever done in one album which sometimes bands do and it's cool and I don't dislike the album, but maybe that's the reason that it didn't stick with me. I don't know. I see. Well, I just thought that was interesting because... Volatile is a great song, too. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. It just it was interesting because, you know, there's been a few things said in the press about it, so I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Well, is that that's the album with Bastards, too, right? So, yeah. 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 Which, Which is you know, a great I song. I love yeah. that song. Uh, I, I've said this on the podcast before. That song, I didn't cry, but that song got me choked up. Yeah. That That's... that's that was a very powerful song, I thought. So, yeah, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed that record. Yeah. All right, well, let's play some music now. Let's do it. We're going to play a band called Red Voodoo. And if you're familiar with that term, you might be a Sammy Hagar fan. I think these guys are too, but we'll talk about that more in a bit. This song is called Bring It Back. Music ain't 
back the new single from Red Voodoo. That's the second, actually the third single they released. They had a Christmas song come out, and then two other non-Christmas singles, Rise Up and Bring It Back Now. The singer of Red Voodoo, Dino McCord, actually joined us recently for an interview, and we're going to have that podcast here in the next week or so. If you're a Tesla fan, you might have seen this name flying around if you follow Tesla on social media, Frank Hannon, because Frank Hannon actually produced this band and helped, I believe, helped get them to the notoriety they're at now. Right. And that same episode, we're going to feature another guy that Frank Hannon has something to do with, and that's Austin Moe. We'll have an interview with him as well. So I think if you're a Tesla fan, you should check that out. Red Voodoo. Man, these guys are all late teens. I think one of them's like 21. And like I mentioned to you, I, I think that guitar sounds killer. He's got a great voice. I know you're a fan of the guitar. Oh, one. yeah, that guy can play. Looking forward to that one. Check out this band, Red Voodoo. If this is the first time you heard of it, be on the lookout for what they've got coming this year. And of course... Stay subscribed subscribed here to us so you don't miss that episode next week. All right, so Dead Daisies. Brand new album came out just this past, yeah, last week actually, called Holy Ground. Right. It's the, what, fifth album, I think, from fifth studio album from Dead Daisies. They've also got a covers album in there and a live album. But this is the first album to feature... One Glenn Hughes right. on vocals and bass, and I believe this will be the first album that is a four-piece, because all the other ones, well, Karabi was the singer on three of the four. The first album was, I forgot that dude's name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but anyway, here we are, 2021, we got Glenn Hughes on board, and anyone that knows me knows I'm a fanboy of Glenn Hughes and... John Karabi. Yes. And I even said that on this podcast when we first found out like a year ago that this happened, that this sucks because I was really happy that Karabi was finally a part of a group that was yeah. kind of making some noise and, you know, he's kind of back out there in the spotlight somewhat, so to speak. And then now he's not. And I'm like, well, there's very few people that could replace that and I'd be okay with. And Glenn Hughes is one of those few people. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Glenn Hughes. Yeah. And then I will just say up front that as much as I love Karabi, Glenn Hughes joining this band took it to another level because, but it's almost to the detriment of if you're like, say you're a massive Dead Daisies fan, it changed the sound slightly because not just his voice. I mean, he wrote the majority of these songs. So this to me sounds like Black Country Communion with a different guitarist, basically. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I get that, and I, I see what you're saying. Um, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. This album's fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's exact, That's where I was going. <laughs> Dead Daisies with Karabi was great, and this is fucking great, too. I mean, I can't. This is undeniable. I just read a thing today where they've got another album already written. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. That, that's you know, hello pandemic. That's what happens. Right. Um, so anyways, uh, it, it's a good vehicle for Glenn Hughes. It's like, I don't know. You don't, you didn't think about it until it happened. You know, who, oh, who could sing for them? Oh, Glenn Hughes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That does, you know, that's kind of the same. It's hard rock, but it's, you know, more of a, you know, some older guys, classic stuff also. So, I mean, it fits, it, it works. Um, on paper when we heard about it and as we know now 
it really fucking works. Yeah. I mean, there's riffs, the fucking vocals. I mean, Jesus, dude, this is a great record. Yeah. It's just like exactly what you expect from something that Glenn Hughes is a part of. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like that, the next level vocals. I mean, he's not the voice of rock for... Yeah, they don't call him that just for the fuck of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy is one of the, like I've said before, if there's a Mount Rushmore of rock vocalists, he would be one of those four guys that I'd put on it. That's for damn sure. And this album, I mean, we had already heard the title track. This is one of the best songs on here. And then Like No Other, Baseline, the second song. Oh, yeah. Man, that song is like, that might, it's dumb to say at the end of January, song of the year, but <laughs> that's definitely probably going to be in one of my top 10 songs of the year. Oh, definitely. When this year's over. And Bustle and Flow, we've heard. Yeah. We know that's a great song. Um, I really like Chosen and Justified. Um, and then, you know, I really love 30 Days in the Hole. And that brings us to the other talking yeah. point about Dead Daisies. Which that's a, a cover by, do you remember who did that originally? I, I It sounded. I'm drawing a blank on I should know, but it's like one of those 70s bands like, yeah, you it, know, it, it's Traffic one, or something. But it's not Traffic. Yeah, but. it's one of those like, I, you know. Those names you always knew, but you don't know much. Yeah, about. I've probably forgotten <laughs> Humble it. Humble Pie or something. Yeah, I've probably forgotten it longer is than I've remembered it, so. Yeah. Well, the point you're getting at is that, that Dean Castronovo sang that song, and he's been the drummer, or at least twice now, I guess, and he stepped away again right, for quote-unquote personal reasons. So hopefully whatever's going on is good there, but they filled him with, filled his spot with Tommy, say his last name? Clefettos. There you go. I never can remember how to say it. I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> Who is Ozzy Osbourne's long-time drummer now, right. and he was even the drummer for Black Sabbath when they did their final tour. But the question is, if you're not familiar with Dean Dean's voice, you know, go listen to Revolution Saints, and it'll probably blow you away. Right. I mean, this guy was in a band with Steve Perry and can sing, St you know, Steve Perry songs as at that level. Exactly. It's amazing. Do you, what do you think about Revolution Saints? you think that'll still be a thing? Eventually, it's not like they're like a touring band or anything. Yeah, well, true. That's no shit. So, so they'll probably matter. do another one eventually. Yeah, yeah. And we don't really know what's going on with Dean Castronovo, so. And that's the thing that Glenn Hughes had said in an interview that whenever they performed live, the plan was for him to sing all these songs and then <sighs> throw in a couple of his purple song, Deep Purple songs, and then the Karabi era Dead Daisy songs Dean was going to sing. Really? Yeah. So now the question is. Can Tommy sing? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? This band is. If you're also, if you follow Dead Daisies, they've had a huge turnover. But I think I always give them a pass because they said from the get go that yeah. this band is a quote unquote collective. The revolving door. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it started with a totally different lineup than it has now, outside yeah. of uh, the, the David main guy, David Lowy. Lowy. You know, he's kind of the the head head of the ship, and you know, he just brings in all his rock star friends to, yep. to round this thing out. And I mean, it's a killer lineup now with Doug Aldrich, who has history with Glenn Hughes as well. Right. Because right. he performed with Glenn on his, that big deep purple tour they did a couple years ago, which would have been amazing to see. Yeah. So hopefully when live shows get back, they do some American shows, you know? Oh, definitely. I'd love to see this because Glenn Hughes is still number one on my bucket list of artists I've never seen. All right, anything else before we get into the Brian Wheat stuff? I think that's it. 
Well, I've read this book partially. You read this book in its entirety. What were your thoughts? Oh, man, I thought it was fucking great. Yeah? There was, like, nothing held back as far as, like, uh, stories or, you know, his opinion on it, on anything. Um, and it was all the stuff you, you all the stuff you like want to know about Tesla, all, all the questions you ever had answered. Right. You know, and, and then some, I just really enjoyed it. It was just telling. It was, um, it really shined a light on who Brian was and it, you kind of understand him a little bit better. Um, and, and I think for any diehard Tesla fan, it's, this is just, um, you know, it's a treat. It's like when Metallica put out some kind of monster or Pantera put out, you know, all the vulgar videos. Yeah. You know, this is just one of those things where you, you just devour and you want that info and, and it's all there. There's nothing held back. Um, I really, really appreciated it and enjoyed it. Yeah. Cause after all this time, this is the first, first thing. I mean, there's, exactly. been, there's yeah. five members, well, there's technically six members of Tesla throughout mm-hmm. the years. And he's the first one to put anything like this out. Right. There's never been, like you said, there wasn't even a behind the music, was there? No. uh -uh. So there's never been an actual, like, full-on documentary about them or anything. And and, and of all the guys to write one, you know, he he was kind of the the business guy, you know, the the guy that held it all together, it seemed like, in a way. Yeah. Um, So, you know, this was probably the, the, the best out of the five to tell the story. Yeah, it's true. All the other stuff about you know he, you know him buying the Victorian houses and you know his his upbringing and stuff that was really interesting as well. Just you know the non Tesla stuff, all the Soul Motor stuff. It was just a great book. So there you go, check it out. Son of a Milkman is out now. You can get that thing pretty much anywhere. Books are available everywhere. Right. Well, not everywhere, but you got the internet, <laughs> Amazon.com or. TeslaTheBand.com, you'll find the thing. All right, so should we just jump into it? Oh, yeah. Here's Brian Wheat of Tesla. seen that you had been working on this book for several years was this something that you were just kind of like we'll finish it when we finish it and then the pandemic kind of sped up the process of having the free time this year no i had a release date before the 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 covid thing kicked in it was always meant to be released december this year okay the release dates are usually around a year out so it was january of last of this year that I actually locked in that release date. So the COVID thing wasn't out yet. Okay. How was the process? Like how long did it take you? Was it a lot of just doing it here or there in between touring and working with Tesla and that kind of thing? Yeah, I started it about five years ago. Uh, I first started it with this guy, Pete Mikowski in England. And, uh, and then we worked on it for a while and then, we weren't able to, and it kind of stalled out there. And then I got this guy, Kenny Nicholson to come on and basically finish the whole thing. And when we finished that, I sent it around to get some opinions of it. And 
the opinion came back. It read too much like an interview. And then I started working with Chris Epting about a year and a half ago. And that, once I started with Chris, you know, was just um, doing stuff in between Tesla's touring and and stuff like that. We'd get together or we'd Skype call or, you know, whatever. And we finished it in about eight months. So is it one of those things where I, I know a lot of these situations, it's like, you just talked to like, did you talk to Chris for like hours and he just kind of compile everything together? Or did you, did you have a hand in the actual writing as well? Uh, I, I didn't actually write, you know, type Chris right. did. Um, basically he, you know, he, he, I told him the story and he wrote it down. Once you got to that point with him, was this, was this a complete rewrite from the, the first couple guys you went through no they're redraft there are parts in their redraft their parts we went through three drafts okay you know uh, their parts from the original first thing i started with pete mcgowski in the book and stuff i did with kenny and new stuff i did with chris it was kind of a culmination of them all going back to the very beginning was this an idea you'd had for a long time or was it something that somebody kind of suggested and pushed you into no, no one pushed me into it. No one pushes me into anything, <laughs> really. Um, I I had thought about it when I was in therapy in the 90s. Um, my doctor su- suggested that um, one day maybe I uh, considered writing a book, that it would, it would help let go some of the things I kept inside which caused me anxiety. And then, you know, fast forward 30 years or whatever it's been since then, and um, almost 30 years, um, and it just seemed like the right time to, to, to do a book in the sense that I'm approaching 60 and Tesla's approaching their 36th, or 37th year of being a band, so just seemed like the right time to do it you're obviously a pretty open guy and that's a big part of this book is being totally open or did you have any reservations about anything you put out there was there any second thoughts on anything or was it all just kind of like this is who i am and i'm telling this story uh, it was this is who i am and i'm telling this story i think if i had second thoughts or anything i wouldn't have put the book out well, like you just mentioned, the anxiety was that. I mean, kind of playing into that same question was it was it daunting to put out something where you're so open and having anxiety, or was this kind of like just a therapeutic thing of being able to put it all out there? I think it was more from a therapeutic thing of putting it out there and letting it go, saying, "Okay, here it is. You know, it's out. The cat's out of the bag. You know, there it is." And you know, at that point can't worry about it anymore right obviously this book is told it's your book so it's told through your eyes and your story of your life but when it comes to the actual accounts of tesla do you think if any of the other guys in tesla wrote a book that the accounts would be different from their view or is it just pretty much more straight across the board historical kind of thing 
I, I think, you know, it's important for people to realize this, this is how I saw it, how I remember it. You know, if Frank wrote a book where Jeff would probably be different. They you know, remember it or seen it a different way. So it's not like, uh, you know, the, the, the book on Tesla, the band. Right. It's a book on Brian Wheat and the band Tesla and how he recalls it. Is it intimidating at all to be the first member of the band to put stuff out there? Or do you just not really even think about that? I didn't think about that too much. You know, I just thought, well, I'm going to do a book. I thought, well, I'm going to paint some pictures. You know what I mean? That's just how I kind of am. Uh, I don't, I don't think the Burt hurt anybody. I didn't put anything in there that hurt anybody. Right. In terms of the band. So I just went, well, you know, I'm going to do a book. And, you know, Troy's told me he's working on a book and, Frank said he uh, was considering working on a book as well. Are you, are you personally, are you a fan of other musicians' autobiographies at all? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Uh, no. I mean, I, no, I think I, I like, I enjoyed the Marilyn Manson one. Right. I remember reading that, uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not a big biography guy. Uh, I did read Richard Pryor's biography and enjoyed that as well. Yeah, but not band ones, no. Like as far as pattering it after anything, was there any thoughts to that, or is it just kind of like, like I guess Chris kind of helped with no. that? No, no, I didn't really pattern it consciously after after anything because. <laughs> I don't read that many books. Gotcha. So uh, I just kind of, I I guess the thing is, is I, I kind of wanted to tell the story from the beginning to the end, you know, or the beginning until now. And, you know, Chris put it in a book form to where it was, was more like a book, a traditional book probably should be. You talk a lot about your, autoimmune issues and everything does when when you look forward into the next couple years when touring picks back up does it make you nervous at all after this whole covid mess or is it something you're already dealing with so it's not really anything you think is going to affect you no i mean i just i mean i'm always susceptible to the flu or whatever you know and 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 i get it and and that's that. It goes away. Um, do I think I, I uh, you know, I, I imagine everyone will be wearing a mask, you know, from now on. Right. For a while, I, I imagine, right? Yeah. So, so no, nah, I just do what I normally do. I mean, did you take extra precautions when you're out on the road and... You know, in the past, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, I, 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 I didn't wear masks. You didn't see anyone wearing masks, <laughs> right? So, I mean, that's a new one, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, I, I tried to stay warm and wash my hands and not, you know, go out in the cold and things that you normally do. Yeah. To to try to stay healthy. 
You know, autoimmune disease isn't brought on by a virus or, you know, airborne or anything. It's kind of genetic, hereditary kind of thing. Yeah. I just didn't know if it affected you differently than it would if someone else, you know, if you caught virus or something like that. Well, I mean, you know, I've had the flu before, you know, bad flus. And they they treat me like like anyone else, I suppose. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I've, this COVID thing's all new. This is this is new, and you know, I don't I don't think I think I've had it. To be honest with you, I think I had it last year. Because uh, I know I got sick after I was on that boat, and you know, it, it was just like the normal flu. You know, so I don't know, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know who knows, man. I'm the wrong guy to ask, but I, yeah, I take, I do take precautions in terms of, I, I do what's, you know, required like anyone else. Well, speaking of the pandemic this year, besides, you know, preparing your book and everything, like how have you spent your personal time during this downtime of not being able to tour? Uh, I moved to New York this right when this thing kicked off. So I spent a lot of time getting that house in order. Um, and with my wife and dogs and that's pretty much all I did. You know, there's not much to do. You're locked up. You can't (laughs) go anywhere. You can't do anything. I mean, I did work on the book. So, you know, I definitely was, was working on the book. Uh, in April and May, putting the finishing touches on the book. Gotcha. Which I probably would have been doing anyways, even if I was on the road at that point in time. Because, yeah. you know, like I said, I had a I had a a deadline already that I had to meet in terms of this release date. Tesla released the the unplugged album earlier this year, and kind of being the Beatles guy in the band, like talk about what that experience was like performing Abbey Road. Well, it was pretty incredible. You know, I'm sitting there and uh, I'm in the studio playing my Hofner bass, singing We Can Work It Out, where Paul McCartney was playing his Hofner bass and singing We Can Work It Out in 1965. So it was it was definitely a trip and it, I definitely was buzzing. It was a definite uh, up high point in my career. I'm assuming was that because of you? Were you the one that initiated that and made that happen? Uh, yeah, I was one of the people that that did make that push to get that to happen. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it was me and me and the Andrew Daw from Universal Records. Um, we were over there doing festivals, doing the download festival and stuff. And since we were over there, Andrew had mentioned maybe we should go into Abbey Road and record something and then it turned into what we what we did. We've had Frank Hannon on the podcast a couple times and right after Shock came out he had mentioned that Phil Collin was kind of the only reason you guys did that album. You had no plans of doing another album. Was that is that kind of a consensus opinion? You mean the Shock album? Yeah, I mean yeah, making that because of like Phil Collin pushing for it to happen. Yeah, well I yeah, I think I think you know, we did the one song with Phil 
the Save That Goodness song. And we had such a good time doing that with him that I think he said, well, we should do an album. And we went, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. So um, at the time, I don't think we were, you know, uh, chomping at the bit to go do a record. But, you know, that's how it happens in Tesla. We just do things off the seat of our pants. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it came out and, and we did it. And I think it's a really good record. And some people loved it and some people absolutely hated it. So what do you do? <laughs> right. Did you, I mean, from, you know, I guess from my, I didn't hate it. I'm not one of the haters. So, right. I, I know, I know, I know Frank wasn't too happy with the album. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, so from a fan standpoint, I thought the album was great. I love the songs, but I did notice that you could tell it had feel calling influence on it. You could hear a little bit of Def Leppard mixed in with Tesla to me personally. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. But so, so could, you know, and I, I say this to people, you could hear Def Leppard mixed in on song and emotion. True. Or you could hear Def Leppard mixed in on easy come, easy go. Or, Jeff Leppard mixed in on Too Late for Love or Jeff Leppard mixed in on Hang Tough or The Party's Over on Great Radio Controversy. So we've always had a, a, a Jeff Leppard part of our sound. True. Uh, maybe it just wasn't so obvious, you know, and the fact that Phil Collins' name was attached to it as well. Yeah. I mean, has there been any talks about another studio album in the future or is that kind of like you said it'll happen if it happens i'm sure we'll do another one eventually uh there's no talk right now there's no talk about anything except you know the only top on everyone's top of their mind is when we're actually going to get together and be able to play concert again right i mean because you know everybody's doing those live stream things or those zoom style things i know you guys did I think you guys did one earlier to share the Zoom thing, but like, what's the, has there been any talks on that kind of stuff? No, 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 none, none right now. Also, another thing that's kind of came up in recent years was, I know several years there was talk about a box set and there's been mention of a lot of unreleased material. Is that still something that you think could see the light of day at some point? I hope so. I mean, we have it. One day, hopefully we'll get it out. Um, you just, you know, we got to work it out with universal and figure out, you know, how it's going to come out. And we tried before and it kind of stalled out. So maybe after this COVID thing, maybe we'll get that out. Maybe that'll be the next thing you kind of hear from, from, you know, it's stuff from us. Is that something you would personally be involved in? You think as far as the curating of that kind of thing? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, personally involved in putting it together okay so yeah i'd be i'd be involved in this as well when you say unreleased stuff is it all stuff from like going way back to the 80s or does it span the entire career yeah it's stuff that never made it on records and demos and live stuff and you know things like that things you would imagine would be in a in a box set not just not just a compilation of you know stuff you already got right all right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time with me today. 
You got it, buddy. There you go, Brian Wheat of Tesla. A huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her unwavering support of this podcast. Like that, a new adjective I threw in for her. <laughs> and of course, a huge thank you to Brian Wheat for taking some time out there. He's also done some other great interviews on Mitch LaFon, Eddie Trunk, and several other places. I think he was, yeah, he was even on Appetite for Distortion. So check all those out if you're a Tesla fan. And if you're a Tesla fan, check out our episodes 183, 252, and 292. Frank Hannon is on all three of those. 292 is actually our Eddie Van Halen tribute episode. And Frank's one of the, the guys that called in to talk about Eddie on that one. So Brian Wheat was just talking about Def Leppard there. Vivian Campbell's been on here. We've had Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. If you like the 80s stuff, we've had on guys from Great White, Slaughter, Firehouse, Trickster, Gene Simmons, and Bruce Kulik, both from Kiss. We've had on guys from Junkyard, L.A. Guns, Kicks, Lillian Axe, Taiketo. Man, the list is long. Check out all that stuff. We've had on a lot of other stuff, too. Heavy. We go all over the place. 300-plus episodes you can check out prior to this one. Check everything out at BeatThunderUnderground.com. You can listen there. You can find all our socials. So like us and follow us everywhere. Wherever you listen to this podcast right now, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Like we said, coming up, we've got Austin Moe and Dino McCord from Red Voodoo. Those are both guys that Frank Hannon's got some involvement with. That'll be coming soon. We've also got one coming with a couple of guys from Bound by Years. And a few other things in the works. So stay tuned for all that. Follow us on YouTube at Ethan Underground. Subscribe there. We've got a lot of videos that are separate from this podcast. Check out Tesla's most recent album. Came out about this time last year, spring of 2020. They released their Live at Abbey Road Unplugged album. Great, great set. Yeah, it's great that we talked a little bit about that here in that interview. And... You actually got it on vinyl, right? I've got it on vinyl. I meant to, and I never have. It's, I mean, what a, what a, what a package. Yeah. You need to find it. Yeah. I will get that here eventually. Two, two, two LP set. But yeah, definitely check that out. It's great. They throw in some great new stuff and a couple older songs that weren't on, you know, the five-man acoustical jam album. So some very cool stuff from Tesla. And of course... Their most recent album, Shock, that we talked about there. So look into all that. TeslaTheBand.com All right. Once again, a huge thank you to Brian Wheat, Best Bet Promotions, Sunset Tattoo, DEB Concerts, Med Farm, and Hell Hot Hot Sauce. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.